0: All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 150 milestone for us. Low-key Lowry and the Toronto Raptors pulled out another crazy win against the Boston Celtics. That was definitely one of the best games that we have seen. The Clippers are one game away from a franchise record and heading to the Western Conference Finals and Lakers and Rockets. What the hell is going on with Russell Westbrook? We're going to break down every one of those series for you. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music.
1: Me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius I'm about due to erupt, use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like looty us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. You
0: never like this before, like this
2: before, like this before. What up podcast world? What's up everybody?
0: You know what it is, you know where you're at. It is the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players podcast. Episode milestone, one fifty, Drew. We hit it. We hit one
2: fifty. Yeah, one fifty. It's a big number.
0: Do you think we have two hundred under our belt though? Like with load management and
2: um, I my guess is with all the additional stuff, we're probably closer to like one seventy oh, okay. than we are with two hundred, uh, maybe one seventy-five. Um, for everything that we've put out. Well,
0: whatever. It's 150, Drew. It's come a long way. Uh, You know, jumping right into it, dude. Yesterday's Boston Raptors game, game six, one of the best games I've ever seen. Like, this was (laughs) a battle from start to finish. And you had just mentioned that, like, Toronto had no business winning that game. Like, they shouldn't have won that game. Yeah. Um, And I was – obviously, I was a little pissed off because the Clipper game overlapped. And, you know, the whole first quarter we missed because of double OT.
2: There wasn't um, much to miss in that first quarter. I think Denver scored like 12 points, so we, did. didn't, we didn't miss them much.
0: No, but I was on, like, NBA.com. I was keeping up with the score, uh, I, <laughs> and we're going to get into that game here in a minute. But, you know, for for both for both uh, sides, Boston and Toronto, this is exactly what you want to see from your team, right? No minute restriction. I mean, listen to these minutes, Drew. Tatum, 51. Uh, Jalen Brown, 51. Tice, 47. Marcus Smart, 49, Kemba, 51. And same thing goes for the Raptors, you know, like uh, OG, 49, Pascal, 54, Van Vliet, 50, Lowry, 53. And by about midway through the first overtime, I, I just kept saying to myself, these guys are gassed, dude. Just, <laughs> they were gassed. Uh, what did you think about that game?
2: You, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was so entertaining. Like, as, as the game was coming to a close, I was like, all right, we're going to have a pretty fun finish here. And then it just went from one overtime to the next. And it just, every time that it looked like either Toronto or Boston would start to pull ahead, they would end up right back into it. Um, Honestly, I think this game came down to a really poor performance from Kemba Walker. Like you said, he he played almost 52 minutes. He scored five points. So two of
0: 11, 18% field goal. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that's that's a fluke, right? I mean, he's been playing pretty well. I, I'm not going to say he's been playing, like, to, you know, the potential all-star level that he has uh, in the past uh, during this bubble. But we, we know he's been kind of handling some knee problems this whole time. And he, he almost – I don't think he even played in a, in a game, in, the, in, like, the seeding games until it was really close to the playoffs being started. So um, I'm hopeful for Boston that he's not injured. And I'm hopeful for that because I really want to see – game seven, almost kind of do a redo of this game, you know, where it's just hotly contested, uh, really back and forth. Um, I, I loved the chippiness with uh, with Powell and Marcus Smart there. I think that was happening kind of in the third and fourth quarter. And then at the end of the game, I don't know if you caught that, but at the very end of the game, there was a little coming together, the teams and a lot of shit talking. So this is exactly – I mean, when we, when we were talking about predictions for the series – I said I said you know seven games because they're are too tight. These teams are too tight for it to not go down to seven. And when Boston got off to that you know that really hot two and zero start, I was like, well shit, this could, this could be this could be a really quick series. But here we are. The momentum after that that game three buzzer beater carried Toronto for two straight games and then they just didn't – I think they were gassed in, in game five. I mean, we didn't talk too much about game five, but that was like a significant blowout win for, for Boston in that game, and it didn't look like at all like uh, Toronto was there to play, and then they pulled this out of their asses. Um, I do think the minutes are going to be a much larger problem for Toronto than they will for Boston because really it's – Toronto only has Van Vliet and Lowry – as guards that they seem to trust. I mean, Powell had a really nice game in yeah. Game Six, uh, but you know, normally he doesn't play that much. He doesn't have that large of an effect on a game. He ended up with like 23 points in Game Six, uh, but Lowry and and Van Bleed have been playing like 40, 45, 46 minutes, you know, in these in these games as they've gone through. But I mean, shit, I'm not going to be the guy that that says who's going to come out of this Game Seven. There's no home court advantage. I think. In these game sevens, in these playoffs that we've seen with Houston, Oklahoma City, and, and Denver, Utah, and now this one, we're, we're, we're really missing the home court advantage. I know the home teams are really missing that home court advantage in these moments. And it's something we didn't talk too much about, you know, in this whole bubble scenario. We talked initially about it, but I think that's going to be a big thing for Toronto not to be at home. They have a great crowd in Toronto. Uh, they would be at home if it was, you know, normal conditions. Uh, So because of that, I have no fucking way. There's no way I'm going to call who wins this series at all.
0: It was like watching a boxing match, for real. Like, it was just get hit, get back up, hit another shot. Tatum hits a shot. Brown hits a shot. Lowry comes down and hits a shot. You know, my boy low-key Lowry's got to get some props here, dude. I understand. And the other thing that we've talked a lot about this. I mean, bodies were just flying everywhere in this game. (laughs) Flop after flop after charge. I mean, Lowry puts it all out there. And I know you're not the biggest fan of Kyle Lowry, but you got you got to admire his grit and his grind, dude. And he's very, very underrated, in my opinion. He is the Raptors. He's Mr. Raptor. And, you know, again, last night, uh, 53 minutes, 12 of 20 for 33 points. Van Bleet was 7 for 22. You know what I mean? He wasn't shooting too well. I thought that Norman Powell was, like, kind of the X factor for them. He came in and hit big shots. I thought Kemba got robbed on that – drive to the lane, I thought he should have got, gotten to the line. You know what I mean? And especially with – the refs are so odd to me, Drew. Like, how is this a foul but this one isn't, you know? Right. Um, I thought Tice played really well. I mean, he, I like him a lot. I think he's going to get a payday, dude. Nine for 11, 18 points. Uh, very efficient. Perfect person for that system right there. You know what I mean? Um, and like you, I can't call it either, dog. I don't I, – it's just going to come down to – uh, you know, who can hit more shots in the next game. And what's funny is, like, I've noticed Mark Jackson saying a lot – and I love Mark – saying a lot of just random shit. And one of them was about Kemba last night, where Kemba was having an awful game. And he just kept saying, you got to go to Kemba. Go to Mr. Walker. And I'm like, dude, you don't want to go to Kemba. And you know what? We expect more out of you too, Kemba. We we need a bigger game out of you
2: because they're dependent on you, dude. Yeah, it's, so I, I think – in that game mark i think was was calling for kemba because he he was getting good shots mm-hmm. you know they were running good stuff for him to get looks and normally he makes those but he just wasn't and the and the big guy for boston in the last game was was jalen brown he was doing everything um, and so that it would have been nice to see his number get called you know tighter in, in the tighter moments on the stretch and see what he can do
0: 30 and, shots he took last
2: game yeah, exactly. Well, so I mean, he definitely was getting enough looks, I guess. But thirty shots is a lot of shots. Um, <laughs> and, but you know, I think he over Jalen Brown always gets overshadowed by by Tatum, and I don't think they're 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 that far apart from each other as far as skill and talent level goes. Um, I do think that Tatum was was burst onto the scene after that dunk on LeBron, right? And I, I truly think that if it was Brown, if it was Jalen Brown, that was the one that threw the hammer down on LeBron we might be thrusting him into the spotlight more so than we are Tatum. Now, granted, Tatum is a hell of a player. He's got a hell of a skill package. Um, And I do think he's the better player between the two of them. But I I also think they're very, very close. And, uh, you know, Boston did a hell of a job with keeping both of these guys. uh, And I think they're going to continue to ride with these two, you know, regardless of what happens in game seven. If they make it to the finals, they have to be patting themselves on the back uh, for sure, because I don't think too many people peg that team to to be strong enough to take down this Toronto team. And they're certainly, they're certainly giving Toronto everything they can handle.
0: You know, and, and where's Pascal? We, we brought this up when we started this series. Who's going to be the man on this team? And we've been waiting for Pascal to, you know, to show up. 5 of 19 last night, 12 points. He looked like he was forcing a lot of shots, wasn't letting the game come to him. And I, I, this isn't a rip session on Pascal, but He's not a complete player either right now. Like, he has a lot of things that he needs to work on. Um, and it's just great that, to see, you know, that they have Kyle Lowry who can step up in these situations. I mean, with Kemba playing 51 minutes and only having five points and, and Lowry having 33, I mean, that says, that's got to say something. But Toronto, in order for them to win this series, they need a game from Pascal big time. He's got to show up. I think Toronto also has a – you know, they have a really good mix – of veterans and and grimy players you know what I mean OG is another one that I really like I don't know who's going to give a better matchup to Miami I think we all would like to see uh, Boston playing Miami we think that would be a better matchup to watch but I mean I guess we've been sleeping on Toronto this whole time not a lot of people had them going to the Eastern Conference Finals let's just say that it's just all going to come down to who hits more shots I know that sounds so so lame but that's just true Pascal Siakam needs a 25 point game And I think after watching Lowry play that game, hopefully it's going to inspire the rest of the guys to show up.
2: Yeah, I I definitely want to see Boston advance. Um, It's just, it's more exciting, right? When you have like these kind of really dynamic players on Boston, you know, Jimmy going against Tatum, for instance, like that's the kind of shit that I want to see. Um, And I do think, I honestly think that that Boston will give uh, Miami a tougher time. Uh, I mean, Miami, I think, matches up beautifully against Toronto. And I think, you know, that, that would be a really tough series for Toronto. I would, I would expect Miami to win if that's the case. I still think Miami is going to beat Boston too, but I, I do think that series would cause Miami more problems because, you know, as good as the on-ball defense is uh, for Miami, regardless of who is actually trying to, to, you know, to do that defense, uh, the fact that Tatum and Brown – and Kemba can all really create their own shots is going to make for a much much more intriguing series. So, you know, even though I'm a Lakers fan, I, I definitely want to see Boston advance out of this series and into the into the Eastern Conference Finals. You still hold it. You still have a grudge against Boston, huh? It's still in the blood forever. If 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 the pandemic didn't clean out all the toilet paper in the world, I would have definitely purchased some some Celtics toilet paper, um, you know, during this time. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it's it's always going to be that way. Fuck Boston. <laughs>
0: Hey, man, so Clippers, right? Yep. I am one game away from a milestone in Clipper Nation. One game away from being the farthest we've ever gone in franchise history. One game away from the Western Conference Finals, which would be so huge. And last night we go up 3-1 on Denver. Uh, I I just don't – I don't know how much they have in the tank right now. Another team I think is – is gassed. Um, Kawhi, 30-11-9, just another almost perfect game, right? And this was not a perfect offensive game for the Clippers. Our offense was really bad. But defense is what won this whole game. And that's really something good that we can lean on, man, is having such a defensive-minded squad that will, you know, get us through some of those ups and downs of the games, going down 10, going up 10. You know, Lou Will didn't have a really good game. Shamit didn't have a really good game. Pat Bev had you know three quick. Um, uh, Paul George, of course, because I've been cur- I've been jinxing all the players that I talk about. So, like I said, I'm not going to praise Marcus Morris anymore because then he had a real shitty game after that. But, you know, I mean, Jokic had a- had a good game too. It's just Jamal Murray has to work so hard for these shots; he really does. Jeremy Grant didn't have a have a good game either. He was their killer in game two for us. Uh, MPJ was great, right? 15 points, three or four threes, and. I said to myself during this game, I'm like, yo, I don't like his body language at all, right? And we both like MPJ. We see how skilled he is. And for whatever reason, he has a grudge against the Clippers for not taking him um, because the Clipper doctor, you know, we watched that draft together. And we we did think the Clippers were going to get MPJ. But it's the Clippers doctor that said he has back problems and that's why we didn't take him. Whatever, Jerry West, it's your call. I'm cool with it. Even though the player we had before him is no longer with us anymore.
2: Jerome Robinson. Jerome
0: Robinson. My guy. The Bubble King. Um, I just don't like his body language for whatever reason. I think he's a really good player. And then after the game, there was these comments that were made, which he was actually. I'm. I actually agree with him that they should have gotten him the ball more because he was killing. I just do not agree with the the timing of it because he was cooking again, three for four, three pointers, fifteen points, and then like they kind of shied away from him and just so much one two ball with Jokic and Murray. What do you What do you think about that?
2: Well, look, man, I mean, as much as, as anyone can like Michael Porter Jr., the thing that got him to this, this round was Jokic and Murray especially. So I can't blame Denver or Mike Malone for trying to feature their, their by far their two best players, right? I mean, I don't know anybody that would be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, instead of giving the ball to Jokic, let's give it to Michael Porter Jr. I mean, I get it. I don't think he's wrong either, right? In basketball, it's really important to ride the hot hand. Um, and, and, you know, it's a team sport. So everyone should be willing to do that. Everyone should should see, especially if, if you know, Denver has been struggling scoring in this game in particular. I mean, they only put up, what, what like 86 points or something. They were not able to put the ball in the basket very, very much. So you might as well feed the guy who's hot for a little bit. I do have an issue with him coming out and stating that to media. That's something that's got to be behind closed doors. You know, I guess in today's, you know, TikTok and Instagram, Facebook age; uh, these guys are so used to just kind of airing their problems out, whether that be on their own personal social media or, or now with, with media, actual media members asking these questions. Uh, but I think that's a mistake that a young man uh, like Michael Porter Jr. might make and did make in this scenario. You got to go to the coach. You got to go directly to Mike or an assistant coach that you that you vibe with, or or bring it up in front of the whole group uh, yeah, in say, front of the whole, whole team. Just say give right. me a <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and if, he, if he says it that way, or if, he, if he's more eloquent about it, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that that you're breaking like the sanctimonium of the, of the clubhouse, of, of, of the team. And that's only going to be bad for morale, right? I mean, look, they're down 3-1. They were down 3-1 in the first series. So it's not impossible for them to do this again. I mean, it's going to be really hard. I don't see them doing it. I mean, the Clippers are just a better team. But for him to do this, like, in a really, like before a very pivotal game, like probably their last game of the playoffs potentially, uh, is just not a good look. Um, and, and the one thing that GMs always remember is shit like this, right? More than they'll remember the fact that Michael Porter scored 15 points or had really nice shots or played really well in this game, the thing that will leave and, and will, will move forward from this is this press conference and this negativity and, you know, this kind of this calling out of the coaches. Now, it would be another thing entirely if if Michael Porter Jr. was six, seven years in the league um, and well-established on this Denver team. But, look, I mean, the kid's playing his first, whatever, 15 games of his entire career. He's already calling out that he needs the ball more. I mean, shit, I, I know Kobe did stuff like that, but at least Kobe had the balls to do it in front of the coach right. and say it to Shaq's face. Right. You know, um, and I, I saw I saw Dane Lillard, especially I saw some some stuff on social. Dame Lillard's response was yeah, I, I didn't kind of shaking under, my head and stuff.
0: I, I really didn't understand what he meant by all that, though. I really don't because it was really unclear. Shaking my damn head and then him and whatever, some journalists were going back and forth about it. I didn't know what side
2: he was on, really. I didn't I didn't get it. I think he's on the side that I'm coming from right. where that's got to stay in-house. Yeah, we both say we both think that 100 percent. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the point that we're making is right. that it, it shouldn't be this is this is not something you bring to the media,
0: right? And I I do think that at some point in the very near future, that Michael Porter Jr. could be the best player on that team, even with guys like Jokic and Murray and Harris. Like Michael Porter is extremely talented, but you don't want to you don't want to mess this up right now with your with your team. You know what I mean? You do not want to mess this up, especially being down three one. You need the best morale and. You know what? After that game loss, after that loss last night in the locker room, air it out, dude. Say, hey, I was cooking, Marcus Morris. I'm three for I'm three for five on threes. Get me the rock. Trust me. And I get it. You're right. When you when you think about 15 games into his whole NBA career, and now he's calling out his team and his coaches. Did you do you understand what I meant about the body language when he plays though? Like, definitely. He, yes. He, he looks so removed, and he I. I look at him and I'm like, damn, this guy really thinks he's better than everybody on the court right now, right? And he is really good, but I, I was not feeling that last night. And his pops is there watching.
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of that like too cool for school type of mentality where it's like, cool, yeah, Michael, you you are actually pretty good on offense. Nobody's going to say that you're not, right? We we are, it, it's pretty evident that you're competent with the ball. You're a really solid shooter, uh, but it's it's also not like he he's doing all the things to remain on the court. And what I mean by that is the second part of the game, it's defense. I mean, he was even a little self-deprecating and saying when, when people were like, well, especially Utah, targeted him as the guy that they were going to go at, right? So whoever Michael Porter Jr. was guarding, they were just going at him. And, it, and he played himself out of the game in, against Utah. And I think he does that a lot in this series as well because they can't trust him you know, as much as he can put the ball in the hoop, they can't trust him to stop anybody. So, look, man, before you go on this, you know, ego trip, thinking that you're the third best player on the team, maybe take in consideration the fact that half half of the game, and in this series, more than half of the game matters um, on the defensive end, and that he he has to improve tremendously in that regard before he's even considered like approaching an all league type of player.
0: What did you think about the Clippers'
2: defense, though? Oh, it's exactly what I thought. I mean, this is kind of textbook the way that I expected the series to go I did think in game three I thought Denver had a really good chance to, to pick one off in game three but you guys ended up coming through in that one but we'll see what Denver has in there and you know for this last game like like we said they seem to perform pretty well with their backs up against the wall I mean granted that they were able to come out of the first round uh, being down three one so you know who knows maybe they maybe that little pressure on the back of their neck will will spark, you know, some some real intensity from them and and some some extra some extra moments on defense that they'll need or whatever, but you know, this is exactly what I thought this series was going to come down to. I think the the one issue that the Clippers might have at this point is is around scoring and consistency from from certain players. I mean, obviously Paul George again only had 10 points like three you mentioned, quick but fouls though, Drew. It's three quick two of them I did not even I was yeah. not it. More than that, he only took nine shots, right. you know what I'm saying? And that, like, that's the last thing that Paul George can become. We, we understand that, you know, in the flow of the game, if he's going to move the ball and, and create a better shot for your team, that's what you want. But he needs to be aggressive in order for you guys to advance. Uh, not, not from this round. I mean, you can, you can win the next game with Paul George scoring five points. It's not, it's, you know, it's not this series that it matters. It's, it's the next series uh, whether that be against Houston or LA and then of course the finals if you make it there the only way you're going to win a goddamn championship is if Paul George is playing at a, at a really solid level and so I don't want to you know say that it's you know it's all about him, but it, it's that up and down mentality uh, of every pretty much every player on your team other than Kawhi right now is is really kind of up and down back and forth, at a, you know, as far as scoring goes.
0: Kawhi and Zubak are the most consistent on our squad. <laughs> yeah. Zubak had another great game, dude. I'm telling you, man. Yep. This, this kid's good. And he's going be. Uh, he, he's giving Jokic at least a challenge. And when Trez comes in and we go small, Trez had his best game yesterday with 15. Yep. Um, I found it really odd that this is the first game that Reggie Jackson didn't get in, didn't even take off
2: his shirt. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I, I didn't, didn't I didn't notice that. Who was the who was the other was yeah, it just Sham. Lou? It was just Lou and Sham? Lou, Sham and, and Pat Bev because Pat Bev is Well, of
0: course. You know, 3 minutes, 3 like 12 minutes a night. Um yeah. he's trying to get all all his minutes, everything he can get in. He's definitely trying. He's making them worthwhile. Uh, yeah. but you're definitely right. I want this to end tomorrow. And you know, it's a big moment for Clipper fans, man. I know it's it's nothing to Laker fans or a lot of other organizations. But I've been waiting for this for a long time. And if we can just – I'm not jinxing anything, but get us to the (laughs) Western Conference Finals, baby. I'm not jinxing anything. So – but back to your boys. You're up 2 – Lakers are up 2-1 on the Rockets. A lot of drama going on with this. I mean, one of their best players, Daniel House, at least one of their best shooting guys. He was averaging 13 points a game. Uh, Say your line, say Say the line that you said before. What are we calling
2: it? Oh well, Daniel, it's Daniel House arrest right now. It's, it's I, the it's the, the bubble house arrest is what Daniel House is in right now. Hey, but I got some info today
0: from uh-huh. a, from a bubble insider, dog, that said rumor is that Le- LeBron and his camp is the one that ratted him out. Oh shit! Seriously, that, that was the rumor I heard. Okay, wow. could, could be smart. Com- That's smart. a smart move. That's a smart move. I love that. <laughs> I want to know the whole story, though. So all we knew is Daniel Daniel House is not playing in the game tonight, and he's not in the arena. Nobody knew what was going he on. Didn't play,
2: he didn't play in the previous game.
0: Right. And they said it wasn't COVID-related, though. And it turns out that he had some uh, nurse, COVID, COVID nurse or whatever, that takes their temperatures and whatnot, come to his hotel room, trying to get that booty or whatever, whatever they were doing in the hotel room. They both know the rules. And the rules are nobody's allowed in your room. So Daniel right. House – you you really blew it not that it's James Harden or Russell Westbrook or you know Eric Gordon it's Daniel House but he's been a big part of this of this squad in 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 the playoffs right and losing that 13 points a game especially when your second best player Russell Westbrook is literally shooting horrific 42% field goal 22% from three pointer this guy keeps shooting threes drew and the most impressive stat is he's shooting 52% for the free <laughs> throw line, okay? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm very
2: thankful for it, though. So the, the house thing, I, I think it's hilarious, right? We, we all assumed that some sort of story like this was going to happen in the bubble. And throughout the seating games, when we had all 22 teams there, there was not a peep of this. But these guys have been in here for over two months now. We're, we're going on to almost three months And Daniel House has probably been checking out this nurse. Every time that motherfucker goes in there, he's going to get a test daily. Every day, he's probably like, damn, she's fine. Like, (laughs) I want to holler at her. And then, you know, progressively over the amount of time, he obviously doesn't – he didn't bring a girl. or Which is the dumbest thing. Which is the
0: dumbest thing. You should (laughs) have just called any girl. You're allowed to bring somebody, dude. You could have been on IG for the last two months finding the perfect Instagram thought to have – come be with you once you make it to the semifinals, right?
2: Yep. And And he he couldn't wait it out. He
1: couldn't wait it out.
0: He's (laughs) seeing all these other peers with girlfriends and wives, and they're all happy walking around, like, with with a new, you know, uh, pep in their step. And
2: Daniel House is like, damn, I got to – okay, the nurse will do. The nurse, the nurse. I And and it's funny, man, because I, you know, I I can only imagine some of the stories that that these females that are working there in whatever capacity, nurses, bartenders, waitresses, whatever it is, the stories that they're that a few of them are probably going to have are going to be hilarious about the, the amount of attention that they got from certain guys or from, you know, a plethora of guys. This is obviously a very, this is a very dumb move. And if I'm
0: it, if I'm James, if I'm James Harden and I'm Russell Westbrook and I'm a, I'm Mike D'Antoni, I am this is something that gets you off of our team. Like you literally just jeopardize. We've spent the past 3 months preparing for this, you know, 6 months in since we stopped playing and you're going to do this to our team when we're playing the Lakers and it's close. You know what yeah. I mean? We actually have a chance to beat them and you are one of our best shooters that we rely on. I'd be completely disappointed
2: with this cat, man. Completely. Yeah. It is it, it from a Houston perspective. It is only disappointing, and it's it's vital. Like it's weird. Like we like you said, it's not Harden or Westbrook or Gordon or you know PJ Tucker. It's not it's not necessarily one of their top four players. But they're not a deep team. They run a very tight rotation, um, and Daniel House gives them very valuable minutes more than his points. He's just like a you know what is he six seven ish wing like he he guards LeBron a lot. He'll switch on to AD and having that body out there um, who knows the system well is a pretty decent, turn himself into a pretty decent knockdown shooter. uh, That's going to be a very big miss for them. You know, as more, you know, like I'm saying, more on just the entire game itself, not necessarily from a a points column, but this is a nice window of opportunity. The Lakers, again, seem to be getting, uh, you know, a lot of assistance here. And if there's ever a time, uh, that I might uh, subscribe to the notion that the NBA is rigged. Um, rigged. It could be right now. It could be right now. Like the NBA, Adam Silver is like, just, look, I'm doing everything off. possible to make the Lakers-Clippers Western Conference Finals happen, and I'm on board for this. Adam Silver,
0: for this. Adam Silver pays a nurse $1,000 and drops the nurse off in his bedroom while he's sleeping. So <laughs> yeah. It's caught. Uh, I'm, I'm really disappointed in Russ, though, and he, he knows – I'm actually pretty shocked at how candid he was after, after game two talking about how, you know, he needs to switch some stuff up and, and watch more game footage. And I just, as much as I I, I appreciate and I respect Russell Westbrook, he's one of the, you know, the best players we've seen. Um, I just really wish he could calm it down. Okay. Meaning that I know he plays at a hundred percent every single night. I know the intensity he gets so lit for every single game, but, I just think he, he needs to pick and choose those moments. I mean, running full speed ahead into a three-pointer is not the most, uh, you know, high percentage shot you can take. You got to really gather yourself. You, you know, when you when I watch players like Kawhi and Paul George and James Harden, you know, it's kind of effortless how they why they're such good shooters, you know. I don't know if Russ has that in him. He's going to have to learn how to do that, though, moving forward in his career, if he's going to be... You know, he's going to have to get his points from the, from the perimeter. He did hit a couple, like, 12, 13-footers that I'm fine with. But do you agree with the fact that Russell needs to, to slow it down a little bit, even though that's not how he makes his money is by slowing down?
2: Well, look, I mean, I think, I think we've both been saying something like this for, I, I mean, at least for me, it's been like the last three or four years, right? He, he's been on this really terrible shooting trend for a while. This is not brand new um and as we know for for point guards and guards like him that are super explosive father time always catches up with you bro you're not going to still be able to jump 40 inches in the air when you're 33 or 34 i mean shit he's a he's a hell of an athlete so maybe he is let's just say that he is it's whatever it is it's not it's not going well right it's like he, he in game three he had 30 points on 24 shots that he he honestly played relatively well, other than the you know that those those really bad jumpers that he always misses. <laughs> um, I just I don't I don't think I think it's almost like too late for him to try and change his game up. I do I think it's one of those things where that's just who he is. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say that he can't improve and he, that that it's something that's impossible for him to do. He certainly has the skill level and the talent level to to do something like that. But I will say that it's. You know, he's got to be, what, 31 years old now? Something like that, 30, 31? Uh, it's, really, it's really hard to change that game and that mentality so abruptly after, whatever, 20 years of him playing like this. Um, I, I, I don't know what's wrong mentally with him because this does not seem like it's a physical ailment. This is, this is a lack of confidence. This is a lack of belief. Um, And especially like the free throw thing, like that's a, that's a definite sign that something is wrong with a guy that, you know, normally would, I mean, in the past was in the seventies, 70 percentile at least. Um, So whatever, whatever, I mean, he just, I'm watching the game right now. He just missed another free throw. He just took his first free throw and missed it and like winced. I don't, I don't know. It's gotta be something that he does. Maybe he needs to go to one of those, the sports psychologist that, that Markel Fultz went to, to try and work some shit out. He just missed both free throws terribly. Um, Right on cue. Right on cue. Yeah. It's perfect, perfect timing. Um, But look, man, this, you know, this game three was all about Rondo. This was, this was playoff Rondo at his peak. Um, I'm so glad that he's on this team. Um, And what he did in that game was on the scoring column, which we don't normally see from him. He dropped 21 points. And 10 of those points were all in like a span of two minutes. And and he literally won us the game because uh, Houston was, was clawing their way back during that, like, you know, end of the third beginning of the fourth quarter. And he just, he, he nailed it. He, he like scored eight points in a row and assisted another one. Uh, this was a huge, huge game for Rondo. And we do, I don't think we win that game without his performance in that fourth quarter.
0: Playoff Rondo. Definitely. Hopefully he can, do it again. That normally doesn't happen like that, though. You'll get, I think this is your one game for the series for Rondo. I could be way off. Who knows?
2: Well, if with scoring. Yeah, with scoring. But, but I, I think the thing that I wanted to say, too, is like his presence is vital for, my, for for the Lakers. And we saw LeBron be able to play off the ball more. And he had 36 points in this game, which was a really great sign. And I, that's the thing that Rondo brings to the table more than just the scoring. I don't expect him to hit 20 20- Points, maybe ever again in this playoffs. Uh, but it's the, it's the basketball IQ, the wherewithal, the the post-entry passes, the, the way that he calms everyone down on the offensive end and forces the Lakers to get a good shot. Like he will move players around, get them in position to get a nice post-entry into AD um, or, you know, whatever scheme that they're running so that we get a good shot. And we absolutely need that um, yeah, on, a, on this team. He's a legit point guard, you know what right. I mean? When you
0: have LeBron off of the ball, it just opens up so many more different things that you can do, and a trusted point guard. Like, the guy's been there before. So right. you're right. Having that vet leadership uh, definitely helps LeBron out, the whole squad out. Uh, do you think
2: Lakers pull it out tonight? Yeah, I hope so. Um, this is this is going to be a grind-out series. So the, the quicker we can grind these games out and get results, the better. I mean, it would be fantastic for us to take a 3-1 lead in the series um, and win this game four here tonight but no, there's not really easy games in this series. I mean, we had, we had one, I think that game two was relatively easy, but it just, it's going to take a, a very good performance. Again, like what I've been, what I've been looking for is, you know, regardless of who it is, we need you know four guys to really score, right? We assume LeBron, Anthony Davis are those two. We need two others to step up. So if, if we can have that kind of participation, it, it, like I said, LeBron AD are one and two, but if we, if it's shit, if it's KCP tonight, uh, fuck, it would be great to have Danny Green, you know, really get on the board and score. Man, if we sign this guy to shoot threes and play defense, and he's not doing much of either, like this is a, this is, it's a, it's a horrible signing. So I would love to see Danny Green get back into the groove, but if we can get four guys, I would love to see Kuzma actually get a nice game under his belt here. If we can get that tonight, I'd be able to pull it out. Um, But of course, when they have James Harden on their team, I, I can't ever like, – even if we have a 12-point lead, I'm like, all right, let's keep, keep your fucking head down because it, it changes really quick. If Harden catches fire tonight, there's, you know, there's, no, there's no telling who can win this game, and he's always, always ready to go. Now, I will say something that I called for in the last pod was some adjustments uh, for the Lakers to make defensively on, on the way that we've guarded Harden, and we, and we clearly are doing that. Uh, we're doubling him a lot in, in different situations – we're forcing the ball to get out of his hands. Um, and honestly, our rotations off of that double have been fantastic. And the only way that those rotations happen is if guys are sprinting, you know, aware of what's happening, sprinting to their assignments, getting out to those guys and rotating. And that's that was something that I was really proud of the Lakers doing. I, the beauty of it is that it wasn't, like, consistent. So Harden didn't dribble the ball up knowing that we were going to double team him immediately. It was happening in random spots on the floor with random – uh, you know, random uh, guys coming to him. It wasn't the same guy every time. Um, so that was a solid adjustment, and uh, I'm hoping that we can we can continue this. You know, we've won two in a row. Let's make it three in a row and, uh, and try and put the series away as quick as possible.
0: How does P.J. Tucker not make the all-defensive team? The man that has oh, God. the hardest assignment every single night works his ass out on defense. How does he not make the squad? You know, right. Uh, and, and I understand there's only ten. There's only ten positions. You know what I mean? First and second team. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Would you, would you have Brooke Lopez on your all defense so, team?
2: I think Brooke was like the the blocks leader uh, okay. of the league this year. So I think they kind of gave him the nod. But I also think they're they're you know these these first teams and second teams are still hampered in by the position aspect of it. Like you have to have you know like a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and a center. And when that happens, you ha- you end up with someone like Brook Lopez as the you know the number one center defensively, which I thought was you know inaccurate, right? Like Brook Lopez is not a defensive stopper. Can he block shots and layups as people come to him because he's seven feet tall? Fucking yes, he can do that. You better. You better
0: blocking yeah. shots. Yeah, right,
2: right. And I just I think for PJ, it's a, it's that unfortunate thing for him where he's never going to be classified as a center as much as he's been playing that position. He's always going to be classified as a forward, and there's too many really solid <laughs> defensive forwards for him to get the nod that have bigger names and bigger reputations than him. But I don't think anybody deserves it more, uh, especially, you know, if, if Houston advances out of this series and beats the Lakers, it will be because PJ uh, has one of the best defensive performances that we've ever seen. I agree. He got snubbed. Drew Holiday, too. Clippers got two
0: on the second team. Congrats to Pat Bev and my boy Kawhi. So we got two we got two players on the All Defensive Team. We got the Six Man of the Year. Um, hopefully we get to pull out this win tomorrow, man. It'll be a big day. I really want to pull this out. I think we're going to lay everything out on the line. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming out. We're doing a series of T-shirts. We got a Legend Series we've, we've been working on. Uh, we're back in the T-shirt game. You guys will like a few of the designs. We posted some of them on um, on our social media, and we're going to have some follow-through T-shirts. Those are coming back. So if you guys want any. DM us, throw the DM. We're going to put a big order together here in the next week, week and a half. So let us know about that. Check us out on basketballnews.com. The site is dope. I don't know if you guys have been reading the articles and uh, they got really great long-form content. Uh, It's very up-to-date. I I honestly go to that first thing every single morning because I think it's just as good as Bleacher Report from a basketball standpoint. Just as good as Bleacher Report and NBA.com. Definitely not going to that reference page. Uh, anymore, No need for all that. But uh, check us out on basketballnews.com. Uh, we're going to take him out. I don't know if you knew this. the Big Sean's album dropped. And it's it's fire from top to bottom. Uh, this song's called Wolves it's with Post Malone. You guys should turn it up and bang it. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Screenshot when you're listening to the show. Thank you to anybody who's doing that. Turn it up. It's a
1: follow-through with clips of Drew. Drew, episode 150. And we're ghosts. I was raised by the wolves. Seeing blood, I do anything for love and everything for us. Nice. Doing everything like everything ain't been too much. You know my favorite time to come through is the clutch. Last second, what a rush. Look, I'm the type to talk to the stars. I look straight up. These ain't tattoos, these are scars. My young dogs will tell you when the witnesses is apart. They care about starving more than they do by the charge. Me, I can't break a commitment. Seen people fuck up the whole team Cause they couldn't play their position Play up talking about dating meaning, bitch You know the road ahead was paved with good intentions I see myself as my nemesis I contemplate in forgiveness no. I think I lost all my innocence yeah. Hold my life, depend on this This ain't no simple suck shit Try and steal and you Whoa. get bit That's what you motherfucking get I feel safe for taking risks And I can't eat this on my own life Put my back against the wall Just to see how much I grow, dog. I was raised by the wolves Ain't to they fools Run through the night Playing with your life your life. Better play it right, better play it right I was raised by the wolves, act till they fall Run through the night, playing with your life Go against a pack, that's risky your life Better play it right, yeah, you better play it right I was raised by the wolves, played on my doors. Always in the game and never played by the rules. Try to make me leave, fell under my knees Pick myself up and throw my back My values, but it's a cold, cold world, and you can be predator, you could be prey. I was raised